Welcome to Pastors and Pastries. My name is Adam, your host. I'm a pastor and I love pastries. That's why we created this thing, so I could talk to pastors and eat pastries while doing it. Today we have Pastor Jim Chapman from New Life Church O'Fallon as a guest today. And this guy is a great guy. He's a lot of fun, always making me laugh. And he was my very first youth pastor when I was in seventh grade. I remember wanting to get into his youth group so bad because it was so much fun and all the teenagers were having a blast and I was just on the outskirts just looking right in. Um, But I got in and he was a great youth pastor. I've known this guy for a long, long time since I was a little, little kid, actually. Uh, We go way, way back. So it was a great conversation. We hope that you guys enjoy it as well. And we hope that you're eating a pastry right now. If you're not, go grab a pastry. Well, wait. No, not that one. Okay, that, that's a good choice. Good job. And if you're not able to eat a pastry, we hope that you will. Maybe one day we'll go out and send pastries to all of our listeners. But until then, go grab a pastry and listen. It just makes the experience that much better. Also, check out our website. It is pastors-pastries.captivate.fm. Um, or you can go to pavedpathproductions.com slash podcast and check out the information we have for you there. You can also support the podcast if you like what we're doing and want us to do it more or see more of us or have more content go out there, then go ahead and support. Um, And there's a couple different ways to do that. You can go to pastors-pastries.captivate.fm slash support. That's a lot. Or you can go to pavedpathproductions.com slash podcast. And there is a support button right there. Go ahead and do that. And if you want to hear certain someone on the podcast or you want us to talk about a certain subject, go ahead and email us at podcast at pavedpathproductions.com. And we will be sure to do our best to get that on there. I think that's about it. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, you guys. Now, this message is for anybody. Okay, God. You got our attention. Now what? All right, Jim Chapman, welcome to Pastors and Pastries. Tell us your name and what church you're at. My name is Jim Chapman, and I'm the lead pastor at New Life Church in O'Fallon, Missouri, which is just about 30 miles west of uh, downtown St. Louis. And we know each other because you were my very first youth pastor uh, when I was in seventh grade at the Wesleyan Church in St. Peter's. Um, and I tell you what, I still think about things that happened that year. Like, I think that was one of the most, uh, pivotal points of my, in my church experience was that seventh grade year. Um, and we can cut this, but sometimes I wake up and I'm just thinking lesbian seagulls. You used to sing that all the time. (laughs) I have no idea why. That's a real song, Adam. It wasn't a made up (laughs) song. That's a real song. And yeah, I know I, I knew a lot of bizarre songs. So I'll take credit for anything that has formed you into the pastor you are today. <laughs> All the negative, I'll think of someone else to blame that for. Wasn't, that wasn't you. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you so, learned what not to do in ministry, didn't you? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so you um and before that, you we were a part of the same church when I was a, a child and yeah. you were the pastor there too, right? Were you a youth pastor at the Nazarene church? Yeah, I was, I was not paid staff. It was a volunteer position. Uh, but Got yeah, it. they would consider me the, the youth pastor. Yeah. So our relationship has, um, has spanned uh, a time period of before I was in full-time vocation ministry and then after, yeah. and strangely enough, also in your life as well. So we have both yeah. seen each other outside of vocation ministry and then in it yeah so that's pretty that's a pretty unique relationship you and i have that yeah that is crazy i haven't thought about it like that um that's nuts so and so back then so you were doing uh volunteer youth pastor work and you were working a full-time job and then how many years did you do that that bivocational or volunteer i would say probably three years okay yep two two or three years and in that time, was it like, I'm, I'm going to be a pastor? Like, or was it just like, oh, I'm helping out my church? 
it was helping out the church. I enjoyed it. Um, I was newly married. Um, my wife and I didn't have kids. We lived in an apartment, didn't have a lot of expenses and we had a lot of time on our hands. You know, we both enjoyed serving and, uh, no, it was never, uh, now I got, I got my call to ministry while I was there and I didn't know that. Got it. So there was a, a service that we were having at church and there was a response time at the end and the message was on surrender. And so I went forward and just prayed. I just, I, I said, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you need me for, I'm willing to do. I, I had no idea really what I was committing to. Hmm. I was just trying to submit, right? And I remember when I got done praying and I'm walking away from the altar and there's some people, you know, like, hey, you know, what, what did God say to you? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> he didn't say, he didn't say anything. Uh, I said, I think I did most of the talk and I just told him that I was available. And they're like, oh, you know. And so yeah. like everybody had visions of grandeur, but I didn't. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that I needed to submit. Yeah. Wow. So then how, so then I guess fast forward you then, so we're there for three years and then did you go to seminary or did you, what was the next step? So when I got hired on, uh, at St. Peter's Wesleyan church, um, my, my, uh, the reason they hired me, the, my sole purpose was to be Adam Tucker's youth pastor. That was the master plan. And that was uh, like three years before I was in youth group. Yeah, exactly. We were planning ahead. The church was very, and they were on top of stuff, man. They were cutting edge they for sure. Uh, no, so when they hired me, it was full time job. I had I had experience, but I didn't have any education. And I thought, man, I I I really felt like I wanted to be ordained, and I felt like I wanted that education. And so I started taking classes here and there to be ordained. And I thought, man, I need to just take a big bite here, right? I need to sacrifice. And so I went to school. I went to St. Louis Christian College, and they had a program where you could go once a week for four hours. And it was for 30 months straight. Um, and I got my uh, degree in Christian ministry and a minor in Bible. So it wasn't seminary, but it was <clears throat> it was definitely I would, I would say more of a, a Bible college yeah. than it was anything else. Most people that were at this university were there to get a degree for ministry, but they did offer other uh, other degrees under other undergraduate degrees. But yeah, yeah, that's that's what happened. That's crazy. I our parallel. I too was the same way. I answered the call to ministry with no training, no seminary, no anything, and through experience, just that's what they that's what they hired me as or they brought me on as same thing by vocational um volunteer work you know for the first three years of being a youth pastor or youth leader and then one day my pastor slipped and he called me pastor adam and it just kind of stuck and then uh and then now i'm taking classes and our denomination offers a school of ministry and that's what i'm taking classes through to go and get my credentials so that's and i i love that i i i have nothing against people who do it differently Right. right. But I think you and I carry a different perspective than a lot of other pastors. Um, you and I know what it's like to be a layman, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or a parishioner. Some people get right out of high school, go right into college, get their degree in ministry, and then go right into serving right. and don't have the kind of exposure that you and I have had. I think I'm not saying it's better. I just think our perspective is different than a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, yeah, there's some people that know that, hey, I want to go into ministry right out of, you know, as soon as I can. And some people, you know, get that call later in life and, and get to experience some different things that those other people don't get to experience. And like you said, none is, is better than the other, just different for different reasons, different um, churches that we're going to lead. You know, God calls us to different places with our experiences. Well, and I, you know, I've, I've watched your ministry. I mean, well, um, from afar, <laughs> from afar, from afar. Um, but your ministry from what I see is very practical, very down to earth, very real. And I think that's why it's because of where, you know, how you got to where you got to. I don't know about you, but if I had to do it all over again, um, yeah, I'd have graduated high school and gone into studying ministry yeah. right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's not, 
what God had called me to. That's not what had happened. You know, uh, I had made other choices and I I don't regret it. Um, But you tell me this, because I think when I was going through the classes, right, and I was involved in ministry at the same time, those classes um, helped me become a better pastor instantly because I was hearing and learning things, you know, in the lab. And then I was going out in the real world and, and able to use them. So I don't know if you are having the same experience with that or not. Yeah, hundred percent. It's in some of the classes, the teachers are more or less given a, a really in-depth sermon, right? So then I can go and I'm being fed at the same time. I'm learning, learning new things. I've never really thought of or, or gotten from passages before. And then going in and immediately giving that back to the students. Yeah. So I agree with you. Some of my best sermons that I put together, not presented, but some of my best sermons that I put together happened while I was in school. Because mm, it was all just knowledge and fresh. Yep. I was focused. Yeah. And like what you said, these things are coming alive. You're being ministered to at the same time that you're getting this education. And then, you know, in turn, trying to transfer that to whoever your, you know, your ministry seg- segment is, you know, yeah. adults, students, kids, whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you got your QT, right? Yes, I do. Are nice. Kidding me? <laughs> so and go, yes, and the long john. I don't know why. So I I try to pick a pastry that matches the pastor. For, <laughs> I just think of a long john when I think of you. I don't know why. It just they they're two in one. You know, no offense. <laughs> no, no there's offense a lot anything, of ways but. you can go with that. I <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. I, I would. I would. Which leads me to my next question is you do uh, quick take Wednesdays or Wednesday quick takes on your social mm-hmm. medias. Yeah. How did that how did that start? Was it your idea? Was it you know your board's idea or what you know staff, whatever? Depends. If it if you say it was a good idea, then it was my idea. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um I, I, I don't think in those terms. Mm-hmm. Uh but someone came to me and they said, you know, it would be cool if you could do something that just kind of get everybody over the hump of the middle of the week, tie it to what you had said on Sunday, a, a mm. kind of a fresh new challenge, and then just do it real short. Um, and, we, you know, we're in ministry. We, we see other folks do variations of this. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, well, w- wouldn't take much, right, right? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't know what to call it. Uh, strangely enough, I know you're going to – you're those <laughs> – viewing this podcast are going to be surprised to hear this. I have a friend who is a manager of a quick trip and it was shocking for anybody who knows me. Um, And he's a real, real creative guy. And I was telling him, I said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this, but I need, I need a, uh, a name. Mm -hmm. He said, do it in the parking lot of a quick trip and call it quick take. Like that immediately came out of his mouth. Yeah. I hate people like that. (laughs) You know, just full of ideas at the tip of the tongue and they're really good ideas yeah so yeah i give ted full credit for that and so that's how it started and it it, was first few years it was several minutes Mm -hmm. and then thank the lord we discovered tiktok and then that (laughs) kind of helped us because i realized i wasn't watching some of these things you know that are out there Longer yeah. than two or three minutes, I would get bored. And I thought, yeah, yeah there's no way I'm keeping anybody's attention longer than two minutes. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's great. So does Quick Trip sponsor? Is it like a sponsored thing? I, uh, it should be, right? <laughs> so, Adam, every Sunday I have a I, I know, cup yeah. Yeah, up on the platform with me when I'm preaching. Matter of fact, I've got a cup holder uh, that you know holds my iPad and holds the cup. And you can clearly see it. You know, QT logo and nothing. I have emailed them even. Have you really? Said, oh, yeah. That's I said, great. Hey, so they probably don't want to cross this, you know, these religious boundaries, sure. right? So, sure. Should be. Should be sponsored, you should, right? Yeah, you guys should get some kind of branding endorsement anyway. Uh, but no joke. QT is probably the second thing I miss the most outside of my family. My family is the one <laughs> thing I miss the most about Missouri. QT is the second. Um, it's the best thing ever. Yes, and there's the closest one to us in California is in Arizona. I think. Yes, I think oh, so. Yeah, there's a ton 
in um, around the Phoenix area, right? Yeah. Scottsdale, all that. Yeah. California has one of my favorite restaurants. Which it's is what? not Whataburger. It's not um, In-N-Out, although I do like those places. Yeah. But I don't know if they have – do they have Wiener Schnitzels near you? Yeah. We have a ton of them. Yeah, they're good whenever you want a hot dog. Oh, it's good that I don't live in California because <laughs> I I love that place. Your your QT would be replaced with Wiener Schnitzel. It would be. Yeah. And, and it and, – and my, my, my cardiovascular surgeon would not be happy with that trait. <laughs> I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> it's probably true. Um, so, Jim, why? I mean, you were, you were working a full-time job. Obviously, the call on your life uh, for ministry. But why, why ministry? You know, uh, I was working as a salesman at the time uh, in the same industry that your dad was in mm-hmm. um, audiovisual industry. And I had just got this bonus check and been named the number two salesman in my department at my company, at the company. And I'm driving home and I got this, you know, check in my pocket. And all I could think about was the retreat that my wife had planned. My wife and I had planned for the students that weekend. Mm. And I thought, this isn't doing it. You know what I mean? This yeah. This nine to five stuff, this is not where my heart and passion is. Mm-hmm. I just knew that that wasn't it. So then I just, you know, started praying. So we were at the Wesleyan Church. They were looking for a youth pastor. And I had gone to a meeting with a bunch of sponsors. And I realized at that sponsors meeting, everybody wanted to be in charge. And probably no one should have been, <laughs> but everybody <laughs> wanted to be uh-huh. that was in the room. And they had a good youth group. They had a youth group of about 35, 40, kid, and it, 40 kids, wow. and it was busting at the seams. Um, they had started their own Bible studies where they led them themselves. And so they just needed a youth pastor to corral them. So long story short, I went over to pray with the pastor. And as I'm driving over to the pastor's house to pray with him about who they're going to hire, God said to me, not in an audible voice, but I just sensed this challenge what if it's you? I'm like, well, it's not me, but I'll tell you what, God, I'll make a deal with you. Never make a deal with the Lord, right? (laughs) You've probably heard that before. Never make a deal with God. And I said, all right, God, here's the deal. If the pastor brings it up, then I'll know it's from you, but I'm not going to bring it up that it, that I'm interested in this position. Went over there, explained to him that I was there to pray for him, asked him what they were looking for in a youth pastor so I could be specific in my prayers. His first response, Adam, was, why? Are you interested in the position? Wow. Yeah, that's what I said, too. I was like, here it is. Here it yeah. is. That's crazy. So big sigh of relief. Looked at him, and I said, I wasn't, but I am now, I guess. And then I shared the story wow. with him. That's crazy. And you were, I mean, from what I remember, you were a great youth pastor. You were like the it place to be on Wednesday nights. I, I remember being in sixth grade, just like, I can't wait to get into Jim's youth group. Like, all the kids had so much fun. <laughs> there were so many, you know, fun games and all the kids loved you. And um, and even when I got into youth group, we all loved you. You know, you were you were the cool guy. You were you were the one to hang around. So uh, it was a great, a great ministry that you led. And then you um, you then left that right to, to start Big Chap Ministries. Yeah. When I, well, I appreciate the compliments. I think what made that youth group, honestly, were the students. We yeah. had such a great group of students that were leaders like yourself. So many of them are in the same position that you're in right now that came through mm. that youth group. They're in full-time ministry or they're wow. extremely active in their local church. So I think that's what made that youth group. I appreciate you saying that about me, but really it, it was easy to be your your guys' youth pastor because, man, yeah. God just had his hand on you guys even back then. Right. Mm. I don't know any of us could recognize it like obviously we do now, but looking back, hindsight, you know, God was God yeah. was using all all of that. Yeah. Um and I said yeah, I definitely that would not your, have go ahead, sorry. <laughs> I would not have said it that back then. I mean I, I tried to do a handstand on a skateboard and busted my face to impress a girl and there was, you know, I remember Dustin and I probably got in the most trouble than Chuck and uh, I'm sure we weren't easy all see, the time. Were you? Were, see, you. So I'm going to give you an example of where things went off the rails. You talked about how great it was. Were you there that night when we were up in the youth room and the youth room had windows 
like if you're up front on the left yeah. side and there is mm-hmm. an empty uh, um, section of, of it was a field, empty field yeah. right behind the church. And there was one of the students in his car doing donuts. Do you remember no, that during youth I service? Don't, I don't remember that. Yeah. Nick Bologna. Wow. Nick, you remember Nick Bologna, oh. right? <laughs> I do. He was a little bit older than I was. I think he was a senior when I was just getting in there or something. Yeah. Doing doing donuts in his car, <laughs> honking his horn in the middle of Wednesday night youth. Of it the was, service. It was awesome. Man. Yeah, hey. It's great. Man. Uh my my question though, my question was, um, you then you so you were a youth pastor for a while and then went into big chat ministries. Yeah. So when I was went back to school, one of the things I, I, I sensed from God was that when I graduated, there was he was calling me to something else, and I really enjoyed speaking, and I really felt like there was a need for speakers for medium-sized to small churches. So, like the the Wesleyan Church wasn't a huge church, bigger than most, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we only had so much money to bring in speakers for events. Um, and so I really felt like that that was a niche that ne- was out there, that there was, there was a need that needed to be fulfilled, and and God was calling me to do that. And I'm very relational, as you just described. I'm very relational. And I, and I felt like when we went to a lot of these events uh, that you and I went to, I took you to, yeah. the speakers were amazing, but we never, the students, myself, we never got a chance to interact with the speaker right. off the platform. And I just felt like, man, that was something missing that I felt like if you could connect with students off the platform, then it would help you when you were on the platform. Mm, yeah. And so, uh, yes, yeah, so then I answered that call to start my own ministry. Uh, it was called Big Chat Ministries. And I traveled and spoke for about 13 years doing that. Wow. That's great. So was that hard with that transition? Because the normal trajectory of a, a pastor, right, is you know, volunteer and then or answer the call, youth pastor, young adults or college age, you know, and then eventually work to in the same church or a new church to be a head pastor, associate pastor to leave that trajectory and go kind of a different parallel route. Was that a hard decision or was it kind of easy of like, no, this is I'm comfortable with this? No, it was it was hard. I was comfortable in what God called me to. Right. Right. But it, it, it was difficult. So when I became a youth pastor, I remember I came home uh, and told my wife, I said, hey, I'm going to be a youth pastor. How do you feel about, you know, taking a $30,000 cut in pay? Right. <laughs> so, you know, she was like, oh, yay. I was just thinking, how could we burn $30,000? You know? Yeah. How, how could we? Yeah. And you give us this opportunity. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> and so then when I came home with this, it was like, Hey, I'm not going to have a salary for three years. So we're going to start our own <laughs> ministry and put the money all the way back into the ministry. So yeah, those kinds of things were difficult. Um, but I never saw myself as being on on that in that lane. I, I always felt like I was kind of creating my own lane. Mm-hmm. And and like most youth pastors say this, and I said this too. Man, I'm never going to be a lead pastor. Yeah, you know those those folks have targets on their chests and oh man who wants to put up with all that kind of stuff and you know people told me don't ever say that right. yeah. i'm like yeah but yeah <laughs> so there was a different path right I, I but i never felt like that and 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 for 13 years i didn't try to guess at what was next hmm. i just i kept on following this is what god was doing and he kept on blessing that helped Right. God yeah. was blessing and using. So I never got to a place where like nothing's happening. There's no fruit in this. We're done. Yeah. Uh, new life came along before any of that could happen. Yeah. We are proudly supported by Yonder Coffee. You can't have a podcast that involves pastries without a coffee and pastry shop. And Yonder Coffee is that for us. Yonder is a local SoCal coffee shop in Northridge and they have the best coffee. And I am normally a cream and sugar kind of guy, but I have been digging their just black Americanos lately, and it's been amazing. It is really, really good. And they don't just have coffee. They have other drinks as well. Um, My wife is really enjoying their lavender latte and lavender tea. It is amazing. And they make in-house pastries that are just 
out of this world as well. We eat them on our show. We send them to our guests. It is fantastic. You have to try Yonder Coffee. And now they have a cafe cart that will come to your events as well. Community is very important to Yonder. So invite them in and see how they can enhance your next event, wedding, ceremony, reunion, or Super Bowl party. Who knows? Anything can happen at Yonder Coffee. Visit Yonder Coffee at yondercoffee.com or Instagram at Yonder Coffee. Yeah. So was that being a a traveling evangelist, was that hard going away? Because you have two boys, right? Tyler and Hunter. And was that hard going away from them on weekends or even summer camps weeks at a time to go and speak at different camps? Because I'm sure you would have to book yourself up to make it, you know, profitable, make it worth your while to support your, your continued travel and support your family and all that, you know, all that. I was, I was doing 40 events a year. Wow. Um, and so some of them were weekend, like you said, some of them were weeks. And it, 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 it was difficult, extremely difficult. I remember um, my wife being at uh, my youngest son's baseball games on FaceTime, mm. you know, and she's turning her phone towards the field yeah. so I could watch the game. I didn't realize how much it had, um, how hard it was, I think, on my sons until I got older. Yeah. And until they got older, I should say. And there's a thing, you know, that's out there um, that PKs really experience, and it's abandonment, mm. where they feel like their parents in ministry have chosen the church or ministry over them, and it's real. Yeah. And for my for my boys, um, it was their perception. No matter what we tried to do as parents to overcome that, that 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 um, issue it still affected them Hmm. so i would say it was harder on them more than it was me and when i finally came off the road it was my uh youngest son's junior year and that was god bringing me home because i realized once i was home how much hunter had needed me hunter was my youngest son is my younger son and tyler was just good at masking it um but hunter really needed me there yeah. And um yeah, it was hard. Wow. It was hard. Obviously for a reason you impacted a lot of people's lives through those those 40 events a year for 13 years. Um and I I'm sure your sons understand that now as they're getting older, but that yeah, that can't be an easy time in the moment to be going through that. Well, and that's the thing. There were times when we were having trouble or issues with the boys. And I mean, I would <clears throat> I would have really honest, transparent conversation with God. And I'd say, so let me get this straight. I'm out here impacting strangers' lives. <coughs> Excuse me. And, I, and I'm and i having a difficult time impacting my own child's life? Hmm. Like, this is backwards, God. Like, yeah. what? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, they're important. Not that the people I'm ministering to aren't important. But man, if I can't, I, I should be able to do both, God, right? So that at times there was a lot of contention, man, between me and God on that. But I think anybody who's in ministry has similar situations. Yeah. Right? Where ministry can be going well and your personal life is not. And you're like, whoa, wait a second. Yeah. Right? Okay, God, your business is getting taken care of. That's awesome. Yeah. But my my life is a is a wreck right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, as humans, we can only really focus on one thing at a time, right? Or at least focus on one thing well. And being bivocational and, and now married too, I, I'm really experiencing that. It's either my my full-time job is is doing well and I'm thriving there and my ministry is suffering or my ministry is doing really well and I'm kind of getting, you know, backlash from my bosses at work. And then at the same time, I'm my wife is like, well, what about me? When do I get to, you know, get your time and get your words? And and I'm an introvert. I don't know if you know this. I'm more introverted uh, than I realize, actually. And you like being around people and being at church for two services a day, it really drains me. And I'm exhausted at the end of it just because that it takes everything out of me. And so I come home on Sunday nights and my, my wife is an extrovert and wanting to talk and wanting to, you know, go through the day and what happened and all this good stuff. And I'm, you know, fighting to just get a few words out and it's, it's not fair to her at all. Um, so finding that balance of, of how do we do these things well and still, still be there for our family uh, as pastors. Um, 
that's something that takes a lot of prayer and a lot of guidance and and um I think, you know, help from other, other pastors and wisdom from other pastors who've been doing it longer. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. And, and and these are the things that other pastors, for whatever reason in my life, didn't get around to telling me, <laughs> right? Like these are the traps that you need to be aware of, or maybe they were telling me and I wasn't listening you at them. Hearing it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That could, that could be part of it. And so hearing you, man, I can, I can hear it in your voice. If there was a pill that you could take right. or here's a book, read this. But I think it's always a balancing act. You have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I've had staff members here at New Life Church that were introverts and Sunday would wear them out. Yeah. Because, and, and they weren't preaching. Preaching can do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But just the responsibilities on a Sunday morning, if you're an introvert or an extrovert, either way can wear you out. Yeah. And it, it would wear them out. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I could see it for sure. Uh, so you said you never wanted to be a, a head pastor, right? I said that before. And now I kind of find myself being like, well, if I was, this is what I would be doing different. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day, you know. Uh, so Big Chap was, was coming to an end. I, I guess you could feel it coming to an end of like, I need to be home now. Were you then yep. looking for a full-time pastor job or did that kind of just fall into your lap? No. It just kind of came our way. We had uh, a year before I accepted the position here at New Life Church, we had uh, been approached by a church in Illinois, mm. and we interviewed with them and felt really good. Um, and uh, when we got back home, my wife and I, as we were praying about what to do, spent the next two days after that having just some of the worst knockdown drag out fights we've ever had in our marriage. Mm. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty much a sign, yeah, right. There, this is there, there's nothing cohesive about any of this, yeah. So there's no way we're going to be on the same page about answering this call, right? But a year later, New Life Church came around, and so yeah, yeah we knew God was was calling us to this, and we knew things were. But I didn't, look, I wasn't looking for it. That's that's a great piece of advice that I got years ago, Adam, that I try to live by. A pastor friend of mine, his name's Dwight. Great guy. He's in his late 80s now. He said, Jim, as a pastor, don't ever chase anything that isn't chasing you first. Hmm, that is good. Because uh, sometimes I think we can chase, right? Like the grass is greener over there. Right. This is a better opportunity. Um, but I think what I, when I've seen pastors who have left other pastoral positions, ministries, the ones that are at peace and are good with their decision didn't chase that right first they came chasing them right and when you're chasing god those opportunities then will be more present to you uh or more visual i guess you could say um yes he makes it clear to you yeah that's tweetable right there yeah when you're chasing god then those things start to chase you right yeah yeah 100 percent. so so then, so going from, okay, so going from youth pastor to evangelist, that's kind of like the same thing. Like you're with youth a bunch of times. So you've been with youth for a long time. Now switching to head pastor of a church. Was that a difficult change to go from this mentality of, I have to preach, speak, uh, and entertain youth to now I have to shepherd and train up or lead adults? Was that a change for you or was that? Was it easy? Was it was it not as much as you thought it was going to be? It's been difficult in a couple of areas. One, the consistency. So with youth ministry, you can use a lot of um, programs and um, there's a lot of um, curriculum, mm. right? As a lead pastor, I felt more like I need to uh, have original teaching uh, right and yeah. preaching yeah um I, you, I think at a youth level you can get away with that a little bit more now as a youth evangelist i was writing my own material but now you're talking about 52 weeks of sermons yeah so that aspect was more of a challenge but it's in youth ministry and dealing with adults you're still if you're doing it the right way your hands are still getting dirty and you're still getting in people's lives they're just at different uh, places in their life so those things were similar um 
and it went from kid entertainment or teen entertainment to then adult fun, right? Yeah. So some of the things that we're doing and planning for the church as adults are very similar to <laughs> it. It's crazy, right? So, like, we're, you know, one of the things, because fellowship is a big part of youth ministry, right? Right. You, we can call it fun or whatever you want to call it, right? But that's really what you're doing is fellowship. Well, we're, like, right now, we're planning, we did a Christmas party last year that was pretty successful for the church. We're planning another one. And so this year, what we want to do is we want people to come dressed up as their favorite Christmas character from their favorite Christmas movie. Nice. Right. So, I mean, this is that's not much different than what you would kind of do in youth ministry. Right. Right. We care. We did karaoke last year. Nice. Big hit. So we're probably going to do karaoke again this year. So it's different, but yet it's it's the same. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're not having adults chug to to uh, a gallon of two percent milk, you know, (laughs) 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 or or eating pudding out of a diaper or (laughs) Right, right. Right. Which I don't know if we can do that anymore. Well, and you know, in youth ministry, there's two groups of students that will do anything. <clears throat> Junior high students and college students. Yep. The high school students are too too cool for anything like exactly. that, right? But you can always junior high and college students, man, they're almost on the same wavelength, which is strange. <laughs> um, but you can get them to do anything. I, I you know, I, I, I've often wondered what would happen if I were to bust out one of my, you know, games from <laughs> when I was you your youth pastor. And, right, right. Hey guys, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna, see this diaper. <laughs> it's got pudding in it. And there are M and M's in there, and I want you to dig out the M and M's. Yep. With with your teeth, with your mouth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, if you do that, let me know because I'm tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Adam, you're funny. <laughs> um, with do you ever miss youth ministry, or do you ever miss going to camps? So I still do. I still speak at a couple camps. Oh, nice. uh, Every year, uh, but uh, so. I do at times, yeah. um, but here's what I do know. Okay. This is what I'm learning. Relatability. Like that window is pretty much closed. Not that I can't get up and teach and preach students. Right. But the world is so different. You you know this, right? Um, 30 years ago, I could take somebody who was 25 and somebody who was 45, and there really wasn't that much of a difference between those two generations. Some, right? but but now, if you were to take a 20-year-old and a 50-year-old, there's like, I mean, there's like a huge gap. There's no similarities at all. It's just so, they're almost the antithesis of each other, Yeah. right? Like there's no, hardly any common ground whatsoever. And I think that's what I've learned in the culture in which we we find ourselves in now is it's harder and harder for me to do that. Uh, but I still, uh, the gospel is the gospel. Right. I still know that my preaching style is basic. Uh, it's not, I'm not John Piper up there, you know, um, or anything like that. I'm not a theologian. My preaching style is still similar, still, still basic, still challenging people. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think there's it's, some of that same is there, you know, in, in the approach and preaching and teaching to adults, you know, for sure. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I can, exp- I can uh, relate to that because I'm only, I'm 35 and even at 35 relating to a middle schooler, or a sixth grader is kind of hard sometimes <laughs> and yes. it's it's i try to relate i try to bring up things that from my middle school days you know and they're like what <laughs> that doesn't right that doesn't make sense why would you know um or they're just like whatever dude like cool i'm just gonna be on my phone uh <laughs> you know but, but here here here's what i here's what i do know okay and uh and this has helped me um as as i got i've gotten older and still have opportunities to minister to students. When I was in eighth grade, one of my favorite teachers was a, a, an English teacher that I had, and she was two years away from retiring. She couldn't relate. I remember she yeah. devoted a whole class period one time 
about how she had gone to one of the basketball games at the school and she was just livid that girls were sitting on the boys' laps in the bleachers, right? So like all of us are like, what are you talking about? Right? Like so but she cared and we knew she cared. And I think that's why I respected her and and appreciated her. And I think that's the thing. You if I try to relate now, I'll, I will get called out, right, to be a mm. poser pretty quick. Yeah. Start using ling- lingo that I know, right? Like if I were to just now, even talking with my sons, if I say, that ain't no cap, they'll just like, dad, shut up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like just shut up. So I can get called out. But genuineness, right, isn't yeah. me trying to be somebody and not, I'm not. It's It's loving that person and saying, Hey, what's your name? Yeah. Tell, tell, tell me about what's going on in your life, right? Instead of trying to be you or be 13, right? I can just, and, and, and that's what's helped me when I've gone to these camps is I can't be those things. Yeah. But I can have a conversation and look them in the eye and call them by their name mm. so that they know that they matter. And I think to this generation, that counts way more as uh, being credible than if I were to try to wear tight jeans and an ACDC t-shirt and you know what I'm saying? And wear fake air Jordans. Like that's not, they could, you know, they could see me coming a mile away. Yeah. But there, and there is some youth pastors out there though, that they are, that is who they are still. Like they're still the tight jeans, the, the band shirts, you know, that kind of stuff. They're still kind of in that culture. And that's, those guys are, have thriving youth groups as well because they are genuine to who they are and still being able to relate. Um, Absolutely. So it goes hand in hand with Absolutely. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's being, it's just being yourself and that is who they are. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm a 53 year old man. There's a, like, I mean, I don't wear skinny jeans, but I wear a slim fit. Yeah. And I catch grief for that too. And I'm like, listen, it's uh, it's like, got the spandex stuff in it so yeah fat guys like that stuff that's exactly why (laughs) i'm wearing it it's movable yeah i get right exactly (laughs) i get called out all the time by our students because they're like adam you look like a dad i was like well i'm 35 i should be a dad by now god's got other plans (laughs) but give me a break you know oh yeah those uh, sound familiar (laughs) those uh, those comments sound familiar adam yep Jim, if you weren't doing ministry, what would you be doing with with your life or your time? Man. Wow. I can tell you what I'm doing now, right, when I'm not ministering. Uh, I've got this. I'm I'm on TikTok, okay? Yeah. And a lot of people my age make fun of me because I'm on TikTok. I am addicted. I can, right, (laughs) I, I I can admit that I have an addiction. Um, I started watching these uh, TikToks about um, detailing. Um, And I'm a very OCD person anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything has its place. Um, I'm a clean freak. And I thought, man, car detailing sounds like it fits my personality. (laughs) You know what I mean? Forget my life. So I've started doing like a side gig detailing cars. Really? So I, yeah. And, and I like it. Yeah, I love it, man. I really do. And I think, Adam, I think for me, I would probably be doing something where I could see that I'm making a difference. That's what had been one of the things, you know, this frustration in ministry is we're dealing with people in lives and sometimes they don't get turned around while we're ministering to them. Sometimes they move on and, 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 and they never get turned around. Right. Or they move on and we never see that they do turn around. And they start following Christ, um, and so that can that can be tough because we don't have an end product. We don't see an end product, and I think that's one of the reasons why I like to clean and do things with my hands is because I can go clean a car. I can see before and after, right? And I can see, okay, this I've made a difference in this situation. This car was dirty, now it's clean. So I think I would be doing something uh, along those lines. You know, I'm 53, I'll be 54, and um, I I know that I'm going to retire early from ministry. 
Okay. Okay. So I'm, I probably am only going to be in ministry for probably another six or seven years. Cause what I would like to do is I would like to retire from ministry, then get a full-time job right outside of ministry to where I could then impact um, a workplace and be Jesus at a workplace. And then that, that will give me that one-on-one with my coworkers and have an impact there. Yeah. Um, because I feel like that's also ministry because in ministry, what can happen sometimes is you can build this cocoon around you where, I mean, I think you have to work hard to stay connected to people yeah. who aren't following Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're inside the and, church walls most of the time and surrounded yes. by other believers. So again, that's why I think bivocational is probably the future of church and ministry hmm. as money gets tight and what have you uh, resources shrink in churches. I think that will become a bigger thing. Matter of fact, I think right now in, in my denomination, the Nazarene church, there are more pastors who are bivocational than there are uh, pastors who are full time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's all, so the trend is already taking place, but see, then those, those folks get to, be around people every single day. Yeah. And they're exposed to it. I have to work at it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My pastor, my pastor has a saying where it's Ralph's is a grocery store. He says going to Ralph's isn't just about going to Ralph's for that same reason. Um, He's at the church all day long. And so when he's at Ralph's or gas station or wherever, it's, those are the opportunities to, to be Jesus in the public, to be Jesus. You know, he doesn't have a workplace where he can do that. So it's, it's right. look for those opportunities where God is putting people in front of you. Speaking speaking of your pastor and speaking of sharp dressed folks, that dude, <laughs> that dude is a sharp dresser, man. He is. So I don't know if that's the influence of his family or if he's able to pick out his outfits, but the dude can, he looks good. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> he picks it out himself. He does a good job. He's got, okay. he's got yeah. a good wardrobe. Yeah. Mostly black. Um, but all, all good. Yeah. For me, black is slimming. So then I try to wear black as much as possible. You said it. Yep. That's, that's his as well. <laughs> He's a sharp dresser, man. I, and I'm not, I'm not poking fun. I'm being sincere here. Yeah. Right. Like I, I, I've watched I've heard several of his sermons and I'm just like, man, that dude. And then, so then in my own head, I'm like, why can't I, I need to, I need to upgrade my old Navy jeans. You know, like, what am I doing here? BYLT, I think he shops there a lot. So the brand BYLT. Okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Looking for sponsorship, built built clothing. Right. Um, last, last question for you as we're ending our time, um, Pastor Jim. It's if you could sum up Christianity in one sentence, what would that one sentence be? That's a tough question. You know that I do. <laughs> <laughs> Faith. I think I could sum it up in one word. I don't, the older I get, the longer I'm a follower of Christ, the more important faith is in my relationship. Yeah. Because the gospel doesn't, the gospel doesn't really require anything, right, Adam? The gospel asks us to uh, repent. And the second thing it asks us to do is just believe. Now, now there is a response to the gospel. Mm -hmm. So like when we, when we receive it, then... Are we mature in Christ? Things change. Our views think, you know, the way we think. Paul talks about that renewing of your mind, all those things. Yeah. But the gospel doesn't really require other, anything other than repenting and believing. Yeah. And I think we have undersold the importance of faith and believing in something that a lot of times you cannot see. And that's hard in our culture, right? Because someone can make a comment and say, well, you know, this happened or this, you know, they, they can share a story of like, oh, did you see this? And then you could Google it instantly and go, no, you got the facts wrong because, right, here's the proof. Well, at times with our relationship with Christ, you can't, you can Google them, but I wouldn't recommend it, right? <laughs> you can, you have to experience him. Yeah. And that takes faith. Yeah. 
That's good. I like that answer. I like that answer a lot. Probably my favorite answer so far out of the guests we've had on here. Um, yeah, it's a good job. You win. Gold star. See, it was worth the it was worth the donut right there. <laughs> awesome. By the way, for those of you for those of you that are, could be on this podcast in the future, you get a donut, <laughs> you get a drink. Like I'm telling you, it's like being on a movie set, right? Don't they usually <laughs> instead of paying you, they feed you? They right? feed you what all they do day on long. The movie sets? Yep, hundred mm-hmm. percent. That's great. Pastor Jim, thank you so much for being on here. Um, yeah. I was I was looking forward to this. Like I said, when I, I you your youth group, you in general was just my favorite person in in middle school. So um, thank you for pouring into my life and many students' lives, and now uh, your congregation out in O'Fallon. And do you have anything that you want to? Are you writing a book or anything you want to push out there? Or you know, no. Here's here's what I want to do. I want to say this, Adam. I, this is a privilege. It's really is for me to do this and, and certainly an honor. Um, and I am so proud of you. Thank you. I really am, Adam. I just, you're the, the way you've answered God's call on your life and, and what you're doing, what you're doing for the kingdom. Um, you know, God's church impacted you. And in turn, you're now impacting God's church uh, that's so that's a man that's so beautiful i mean that's just the gospel lived out and and i am i'm proud of you man you you're a special young man um i i know i i told you that you know you're not my favorite tucker that is your sister i do <laughs> i i've said that multiple times i gotta stick to that because because <laughs> she she she'd call me out if i changed my mind yeah 100 percent. but but I mean, I, again, I just, I am excited about what God's doing in your life and the impact that you're making. And I, and I see it again from a distance, but I know, right. Mm-hmm. I can see the signs and know that God is using you and Thank man, you. that it's awesome. Thank you. It's awesome. I really appreciate to, that. To be able to say that I was your youth pastor. See, that's probably what's going to be in a book someday. It's going to be a little mention at the bottom of page 98. And my youth pastor, Jim Chapman. Yeah. And then when it gets turned into a movie, you know, I don't know. Would you allow me to pick who would play my role? Yeah. Who would you pick? That? Who would you pick? Jim Gaffigan. Right. I mean, I kind of look like him. A little bit. That'd be a good, that'd yeah. be a good one. He'd probably be, you know, a little older by then, but I think it's a good, good representation. Yeah, they can... They could uh, AI him, right? They do this <laughs> artificial thing, and yeah, make him look younger. <laughs> That's great. Well, awesome. Thank you so much I, again. I really do appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Um, yeah, you bet, bro. All right, man. Take care. All right, see you. Pastors and Pastries is hosted by Adam Tucker, proudly produced by Paved Path Productions. We want to give a huge special thanks to Kelsey Egan and Gracie Shedd, executive produced by Adam Tucker, producer and sound engineer Haley Tucker, theme song by Brandon Liu and Liu's Music, sound mixing by Brandon Liu. Thank you for listening to Pastors and Pastries. You can check out all our episodes wherever you get your podcasts released every Friday. Follow us on social media at Pastors and Pastries, all spelled out. And until next time, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.